You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It's a good day when we get to chat with uh, with pastors about how uh, the Lord has blessed them in their service side by side and, and learn that story, uh, particularly a local story right here in St. Louis. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. You can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today... Uh, the Reverend John Schmidke, pastor at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Pastor Schmidke, thanks for being our guest today. Good morning. And the Reverend Gerard Bowling, associate pastor, Bethlehem Lutheran Church in St. Louis. Pastor Bowling, thanks for being our guest. Thanks. Good morning. Well, glad to have you both with us and looking forward to learning more about the the history of Bethlehem Lutheran Church and how God has brought you both there to serve together side by side and what that ministry looks like today. Uh, Pastor Schmidke, can you share with us a, a bit of the history of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in St. Louis and the community where um, Bethlehem is? Bethlehem Lutheran Church is 171 years old, so it's an older church, uh, but it's a younger church. We're in a changed community, uh, changed in the sense of economically, racially. We were a a suburb of St. Louis, really, in an area called Bremen, and um, life changed in this community. Uh, It changed for us at Bethlehem. One time we were 2,000-plus membership, and uh, in 1989, when I had come to Bethlehem, we'd gone down to about 30 people worshiping at Bethlehem on a Sunday morning, 90% of whom were Caucasian and were in a predominantly African-American community, 90% of whom were commuting in. Uh, We weren't a community church, and 90% who were elderly. And God has changed that. Now we're a church that worships about 140 people on Sunday morning um, when we're worshiping, when we're not in COVID-19. And it's it's a place now where we're about 95% African-American. And at Bethlehem, on any given normal Sunday morning, oh, I'd say probably 75% of people who are in church are 50 or fifty or under, maybe even 45 or under. So it's, it's a very young church, a lot of uh, young families and kids and youth and a great place to be. When did the Lord bring you to serve at Bethlehem Lutheran Church? And tell us a little bit about that that history and that relationship. I came in 1989. I was at Christ Lutheran in Peoria for a couple of years. Went back to my vicarage uh, to get it right. I didn't get it right the first time, I guess. <laughs> so I was there for two years. and uh, Then came to Bethlehem in 1989 and been here ever since. It's been a good ministry. They haven't put me out yet. <laughs> Gerard, what has your experience been with Bethlehem? When did when did you arrive there? Yeah, so when I uh, came to seminary in 2012, um, I had originally been assigned to Holy Cross Lutheran Church for the deaf. Um, at that time, I had wanted to do full-time deaf ministry uh, and learn some really great things at Holy Cross uh, for a couple years there. Um, but then as kind of time developed, uh, the relationship between me and um, Pastor Schmicky uh, sort of got connected uh, over time. 
Um, and because of that, I switched my field work from Bethlehem, uh, from Holy Cross to Bethlehem um, about two years after starting at the SEM, a year and a half, something like that. Um, so I switched over to uh, Bethlehem. And at that time, I was just doing deaf ministry. And the door just started to crack a little bit more and more. I remember that. Um, <laughs> at that time, it was, okay, just do deaf ministry. And I was sort of on staff for just deaf ministry. And then it was sort of, okay, well, would you do some stuff with family ministry and Wednesday night program that we have here? And I said, sure, I'll do that. And then more responsibilities got added. And all of a sudden, I was a vicar at Bethlehem. And um, and then I was still on staff my last year of SEM. And then what I was called there uh, in 2016. Uh, on call day. So um, it sort of flourished over time, if you could say, right, John? It kind of um, became that sort of a relationship, and it's been a blessing ever since. We're really okay. fortunate to have the number one uh, young pastor, maybe any pastor in this country, uh, in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, right here at Bethlehem in Gerard Bowling. Oh my gosh, he's pumping it up too. All of you out there who are listening to this interview, you keep your hands off. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy. That is way too kind. (laughs) Gerard, tell us more about deaf ministry at Bethlehem. How has that, uh, is is that still going on at Bethlehem? And, And how does that help you reach into the community? Sure, yeah, we still do have deaf ministry at Bethlehem. Um, it's actually one of the prongs, one of the points we hit in our Greater Things program, uh, which is originally how I was able to be uh, brought on uh, to Bethlehem and in the ministry. Um, so basically, our deaf ministry had started with one parent who was at uh, the charter school at that time many years ago. Uh, who wanted to attend worship at Bethlehem. So they had hired a professional interpreter to interpret on Sundays for that one person, and they wanted to grow the ministry. Um, And since then, uh, since that moment of trying to do that, uh, we have grown the ministry to be able to meet regularly, not only on Sunday morning, um, but be an inclusive ministry um, where our deaf people are not separated from our hearing people. We don't do only deaf things or uh, only things that apply to the deaf community and then the hearing people have um, their congregation. Uh, You'll see deaf people as VBS volunteers, as ushers, um, as people who take notes at meetings, um, as people who work in our programs and the like. Um, So we've been able to just kind of amalgamate that ministry into our ministry um, and continue our interpreted ministry over time as well. I was going to ask what makes Bethlehem Lutheran Church unique, but you just shared so many beautiful things about the the congregation. Um, Pastor Schmicki, earlier you mentioned that the, at one time the congregation was um, nearly 2,000 members in size, um, but things have changed in the congregation, in the community over that time. Um, during your time there, since the, the late 80s, um, how have you seen the congregation change and um, how are you and Pastor Bowling and the leaders of the congregation able to, to meet the changing needs of the, the community and the congregation? I think what makes Bethlehem unique, um, and I think that, that goes right with the same, the same questions that you're asking, I think what, the uniqueness is that we have a really strong um, congregation of people who, who uh, really understand mission well. And I think that has come as a result of a few things. I think for our, our older members, most of whom have gone to be with the Lord now, our older members who were there when I came, um, things were 
things were new to them of how we would reach into the community, but they were really supportive. I've seen too many churches um, in like circumstances of Bethlehem where um, older members were kind of controlling and said, well, you know, we know that change needs to come here in the ways that we bring the gospel, um, but we don't want it, and it's uncomfortable for us, and they prohibited it. That didn't happen at Bethlehem. You know, we went through a process of change, which was hard at times, but we had just great support from longtime members who really looked beyond themselves. And I think that's what really hits it, is that you have to look beyond yourself in any kind of ministry. Coupled with that is that um, the ministry here, when we came, we really focused in on kids and youth. And so God grew a church out of the work that we did with kids and youth through just mission things that we do around here, mission trips we took and so forth. So the kids who were here when I came in 1989 and the early 90s, um, the kids who were in their, you know, single digits, I mean, now they're pushing toward 40. And they grew up in that kind of a mission mindset. And they grew up also in a, in a mindset that as you thought about order in your life of, well, what defines me and where do I find my identity? I think that's something a lot of people are, are wrestling with these days. They would say, well, my order is first, I'm a child of God. Second, I'm, you know, who I am, John Schmicky or you know, whoever out there, Sherell Hamilton, you know, so forth. She's one of our members. And then thirdly, I'm ethnically who I am. And I think as they saw that, they saw that, you know, we have a mission to bring Christ to people. And it doesn't matter. You know, we have white members. We have Hispanic members. That's not important. The, the order is right. You know, that first we treasure most that we're a child of God. So I think that permission, you know, really has fueled our past and fueled the time that I've been here. It's fueled, it, you know, our present, and it will fuel our future. How does having a community like that uh, impact or influence how you how you do reach out into the community and, and do that work of sharing Jesus with your neighbors around you? Well, I think the I think this ministry is a laboratory. Um, Pastor Bull and I talk about this constantly. It's a laboratory, and, you know, it, I'm so grateful to have him here, you know, as a partner in ministry, and um, because it's ministry is constantly changing. Pastor Bull and the age of my kids, and so, you know, there, there are um, differences as far as their flavors, as far as ethnicity, there are flavors as far as experience. Most of the people who came to our church didn't come from another Lutheran church. Many came unchurched. Some came from, you know, other Christian churches, but they weren't really into church as much. So it's a real fresh mission perspective. And I think especially, too, now age-wise, and that's one thing Pastor Boyan's really brought to us is, is understanding, you know, how we're going to reach a new generation in addition to the people who are at our church. And 
it's it, it's turning around how we're thinking about ministry. Same gospel, same Christ, but the ways in which it's going to come. Even in this pandemic that we're in, church is not going to look the same as we come out of the pandemic than the way it looked when we went in. And uh, even intentionally right now, as we're online, we're cultivating an online congregation in addition to the congregation that we can't wait to see when we can finally start worshiping again. You guys were, were online before, <clears throat> even before the this before it was cool to be online. <laughs> uh, I remember watching a service um, from uh, from Bethlehem. I, I don't know if it was a year or more ago. I remember watching a service and um, and and seeing and, and I watched one more recently and, and noticed that you're in a, a new space and I want to talk about um, the just how that you know looking at the, some of the history and what happened with the church building in 2014 and and what that looks like today but we need to take a quick break when we come back from that break we'll continue more of our conversation with pastors from bethlehem lutheran church right here in st louis missouri you're listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates i'm sarah Goldseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with pastors from Bethlehem Lutheran Church here in St. Louis, Missouri, about uh, the Lord's blessings of the ministry serving in uh, a community that um, that and a congregation that are ethnically diverse. And what do those blessings look like? We're talking with Pastor Gerard Bowling and Pastor John Schmidke. Uh, before we went to the break, Pastor Schmidke, we were talking about, um, I think we were just starting to talk about the the a little bit more of the history of the congregation. And um, you had shared, you know, long history over, a, what, over 170 years old, I think. And um, yeah. back in, if I remember correctly, back in 2014, um, something happened with the the historic building that um, the historic church building for Bethlehem Lutheran Church. What did that? What happened, and what did that mean for the congregation? Well, the true story is first we 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 had moved out of that building in 1996 um, because of property issues, and so it stood vacant for a long time. We moved into a what was a six-lane bowling alley on the first level of our school building, and that's been our sanctuary for a lot of years. What happened with that building, and this is a true story, so it was a Friday night, and there was not a cloud in the sky, and Cardinals were playing baseball downtown, and Pastor <laughs> Bowling was a vicar. And um, so at that time, um, we were working through he, he was preaching a sermon for me, and one of our deacons was there on a Friday night, and the preaching was so thunderous and so powerful. Oh gosh. It's for real. <laughs> this is for real. All of a sudden, we felt the earth shake. And this is for real. 
we felt the no this is real real it is it is real it is it is and um we thought maybe a semi or something went by on salisbury and the deacon deacon terrence nash ran out and he uh, he said i'm gonna go check and see what's up and he looked to see on the corner the old church building had collapsed in at the dynamic monstrous um incredible powerful preaching faster bowling <laughs> that's a true story that's a true oh story and after that a third of the building had collapsed and so then it wasn't safe to keep it up and so it came down and there's a field there right now until god shows us something different mm-hmm. so i noticed <laughs> It it is a true story. That is how it happened. We were grateful. Um, you know, I was fairly new still there then as a vicar. I was grateful that the wall did not fall into the street and hurt people or yeah. um, you know, hurt cars that were driving by. That's on a main street there too. Um, and that it happened the way it happened. But, you know, I was preaching and I thought maybe God told me I was doing something wrong, you know, and that's why the <laughs> The earth shook, contraire, you know. So I think it's, I think it's perspective, right? <laughs> now, I, I think I mentioned earlier. I recall watching a, a, a video of a service from Bethlehem, <clears throat> maybe a couple of years ago. I know it's been with, it's been within the last two years, I think. And uh, noticed that you were in that that space, the lower level of the school, bowling alley. Which is, I mean, there could be some really great things about having a bowling alley in a school building. Um, but uh, being able to use that as a worship space. But I noticed recently when I watched um, a more recent video during the the pandemic of the uh, service that you were in what looked like a different space. Um, are you in a new worship space, Pastor Bowling? No, we, we're not yet. Um, so at this time, until God shows us something different, we are not in a new worship space. Um, we have just utilized our partnership uh, with Faith Lutheran Church in Oakville, Missouri, they have a great setup for sort of TV and video ministry, um, and we've been able to tag into that um, by just filming our worship there. Uh, so we have a really polished-looking product um, that comes out for people on Sunday morning during this time of COVID, uh, just because we knew, even when the first reports came out uh, in March, that this was going to be a longer-term thing, and we wanted to be able to produce really quality video. You know, the worship you had watched, Andy, way back when that you spoke about, um, that was taped on an iPad that was sitting on a a tripod that was swiveling around from place to place, which was good for that time. You work with what God gives you for the time, right? Um, And that was good, Mm -hmm. and and it did the job of what it was supposed to do. Um, But both Pastor Schmicky and I see this as a moment to um, call us to something more in video ministry uh, and how that happens and in our online presence and the way we engage our online audience. And so we're grateful for what's happened with Faith because we've actually utilized some of the stuff that they have over there at our space uh, in trying to build a video ministry here. And then the backdrops and things like that, trying to get some of those into our space as well um, to be able to provide a different type of worship experience. What are some of the partnerships that you've been able to cultivate in order to reach into the community in, in better ways? 
other zillions of them. Um, <laughs> Pastor Schmicky can only count the count the ways. But, um, you know, I, I think that more recently going and working backward and letting Pastor Schmicky work through the, uh, the back end of it, more recently in our More Greater Things program, what we've sought to do is we've sought to um, provide a safe place for kids who are living and growing in Ferguson, Missouri. You know, after that incident, um, a lot of people uh, wanted something to happen. You know, when Mike Brown uh, was shot in the incident in Ferguson, people wanted something to happen. You saw it on the news, you saw um, churches come in and, and give out food to people and all these things. But months later, even years later, what happened to all those churches and people? Um, they just kind of disappeared from the community. Uh, and so what Pastor Schmicky and I saw as the opportunity there was to be able to reach the youngest population, the most vulnerable population for the gospel by gathering them together in space um, and giving them a Christian message. Uh, that's kind of an after school program uh, called our EAC program. And then in that, also introducing our sister church partners to those kids. So we ran two campuses this past year before COVID. And on those two campuses between them, we had about 50, 60 kids a night um, that we were able to teach, um, yes, Christian tenets, but then also able to have sister churches like Zion and St. Charles and uh, and uh, and Faith Lutheran Church, uh, Resurrection in South County, um, and Webster Gardens, and all these different Lutheran churches that have always been our partners, um, they were able to come and actually do ministry uh, to the kids by uh, giving them a little lesson, uh, an object lesson, playing with them, um, making sure that the gospel uh, permeates their hearts with really creative crafts, uh, and then providing the fun stuff too, right? So developing these sort of natural relationships over time uh, with the kids that are lasting relationships that last much further than just an incident. Hmm. That's uh, that's beautiful. What tell us more about the just hearing you two both of you uh, talk about serving side by side and the the relationships that you have is obviously a um, it, it sounds like a, a very healthy relationship. Tell us more about uh, serving as pastors together in. Uh, Bethlehem Lutheran Church and how you've grown, what's been important in in keeping that relationship healthy and strong? Pastor Bowling? Yeah, you know, um, I my relationship with Pastor Schmicky, I would say, um, as I talk to other um, comrades in ministry and things like that, you know, when they're placed with another pastor and they talk about all these issues or problems or things that happen, uh, forced cohesion and things like that, I have absolutely never felt that way uh, with Pastor Schmicky at all. I've always felt um, that he has heard me completely, um, that when we do things in ministry, we do it together. Uh, I've always felt as if he uh, was a mentor to me, but more than a mentor, um, a partner, uh, a friend, um, a confidant, you know, all the above. Um, and I've always felt like we've been really unified. I tried to think to myself of a time that we've been angry with each other. I think we have been, but I think it's always been open, you know, anger or open this or that. It's never been a thing of, you know, oh man, I'm really holding this against my co-pastor and, you know, I, I just don't want anybody to know about this. Um, we've always had a very open and loving and, and really communicative relationship. Um, 
moreover, Pastor Shemiki and I are very different. I'm super young, you know, I'm younger than how long he's been in ministry at Bethlehem by about a year. Um, and so I'm very, very young. Um, and Pastor Schmicky is of the older variety, but not old. I'm not going to say that. Um, he's he's a boomer and I'm a millennial. Um, you know, he has kids that are my age. Um, I'm black and Pastor Schmicky is white. Um, we we're just different, you know, uh, we're different people, um, but that's never come in the way of our relationship and how we shepherd our flock. I have never felt um, that we've been contrary to one another in any way. Mm-hmm. Pastor Schmicky, what has that relationship been like uh, for you, having been at Bethlehem for so long and, and then welcoming Pastor Bowling in uh, to serve alongside of you? Well, I think it's, a tremendous relationship. I think Pastor Bowling is just a, a tremendous pastor. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, well, we, we're at this as a team, you know, and both of us are at it. You know, we work at all the areas of ministry both together. And um, it could be that, you know, the reason we're on this show right now is because I'm white and he's black and we work together, but I don't really ever see it that way. Um, Or I'm old and he's young and I don't see it that way either, even though I am old, I know that. Um, But (laughs) I think, think, you know, the key thing is that there's so much to do in our ministry and there's so many, you know, things for the sake of the kingdom to work on. I think that really, is what um, energizes us and commands our time. Um, The church here in this place, it's a church that cares for people, no doubt. But it's also a laboratory of understanding and a changing community, how we can reach people, not just in our community, but age-wise, you know, as as we were talking about earlier. And I think it's also... The church here is, it's really a throwback. It's a throwback to days when the church wasn't just a spiritual entity, but it also was your family. And it was the place where you took your kids and everybody brought their kids and where everybody hung out together. And it really works in that way. And uh, it's for such a time as this right now when families need more families in places that are safe places where they know that their family can grow and thrive. It's not a perfect place, but it's mm. a place that's completely covered by God's grace and mercy that keeps us back and over and over again on point. So um, I hope I'm here the rest of my days. Hmm. Yes. We have we have just under a minute left, but Pastor Bowling, um, what would you like for the rest of us to, who are listening today to learn um, from the the relationship that you and Pastor Schmidtke have and that your congregation has um, that might make a difference for uh, the rest of us listening today? Mm. As you guys brought up CUW at the beginning of this broadcast and you said live uncommon, um, I am a CUW soon-to-be grad. I'm in a doctoral program there. Uh, One of the things that CUW is now also pushing is living an undivided life, too, an undivided life. Um, 
And I bring that up because I feel like I would want listeners to understand that when it comes to their church, um, and if you're a pastor or a church worker, when it comes to your, your church, challenge yourself to live an undivided life. It's not church or work and then home and then this and then that and everything's all separated out. I think Pastor Schmicky hit the nail on the head when he said, we're a family, you know, um, we give each other business advice and financial advice, but at the same time, we walk through hurts with one another and we cry together and we laugh together. We have good times too. Um, and we poke fun at each other, but we also pick each other up um, and things happen in the church. And it happens because we choose to live this life together. And it is truly an undivided life um, as it is also uncommon too in what we do in the urban center. The Reverend Gerard Bowling and the Reverend John Schmidke, both pastors at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Pastor Bowling, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks so much. Appreciate Pastor it. Sh thanks, guys. Pastor Schmidke, thanks so much for being our guest today. Glad to be with you. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golza. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.